Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. One less hour. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Welcome to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm Chris Hahn, your host. Thank you for liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing, telling your friends about the podcast. Hope you had a great weekend. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram. I got Sarah Burris joining me in a few minutes. The great Sarah Burris from Raw Story. You know Sarah. You love Sarah. She's a regular on this show. But first... Hope you had a good weekend. Hope you're surviving with that one less hour of sleep. But I think you're going to be thriving with that extra hour of daylight. And I know I talked about this last week. I I still don't understand. I actually went and I talked to a couple of farmers over the weekend. I had a farm stand by my house. I went and talked to the farmer. I said, what do you think? He's like, I don't understand why we change these clocks. And and, and I don't know why I'm using a like a twangy accent. It's it's a guy from Long Island. Um. I don't I don't know that farmers want this anymore. I, I know that there's something agrarian about it and there's a reason why we do it. Same reason we vote on a Tuesday. It's something to do with the the farm and uh, getting people in and you do it after the harvest. It's we gotta figure this out. You know, we're we're living in, in, in the nineteenth century in a lot of ways in this country. And we really should just adjust to modern times on a lot of things. Right? I mean the school year, I mean, why do we have a full break in the summer, uh, you know, I, I guess it's great, but couldn't we spread those breaks out during the year or couldn't we have the kids go to school later? I talk, I know I talked about all this stuff. I'm like rehashing. I'd like the kids to go to school later because I think they'd learn more. I'd also like the kids to stop using AI. I was talking to a professor friend of mine uh, who teaches at a local college and he told me that uh, he he is finding this AI stuff in the papers all over the place right now. And, and I, I, I was a little skeptical that people would use it. I, I went on to chat GPS, GPS or GPT, whatever it is, uh, the AI chat bot. I asked them um, about me. I said, who am I? And it, it had my bio. And then it said I was the author of a book that sounded pretty cool, but I wasn't the author of this book. Uh, there are a lot of people named Chris Hahn. So I thought maybe there was some other Chris Hahn that wrote this book. And, I looked up the book and the book didn't exist. So it was a little a little strange to me uh, that it would say I was the author of a book. It had a cool title. Maybe I should write the book. Maybe this chatbot, this AI was peering into the future 
And when it suggested that I wrote a book, maybe it was telling me my future. I mean, I've been trying to write a book forever. Writing a book and talking on the radio are two separate things. I think what I really should do is take all my radio shows and podcasts and rants and give it to somebody to write a book, right? I mean, can we can we come up with a book with all this so that I don't have to sit down and write it? Uh, it is it is very difficult. I, you have to hand it to people who write books, and and I have to hand it to you for getting up today and going to work. For those of you who are on your lunch break, heading out to get a sandwich, uh, you got the radio on the car. It, it it this this is a tough thing. Getting up the morning, you know, it's two mornings after daylight savings time. I think we should turn the clocks ahead on a Friday. So we have Saturday and Sunday to figure it out. But of course, we all sleep in on Saturday and Sunday anyway. Uh, So I don't know if that makes that much of a difference. But again, I think this is something that we should all join hands, Democrats and Republicans, unified across party lines, that we don't want our sleep messed with anymore. And we should leave the clocks sprung ahead forever. Like I said, I got back from Europe. I went to Europe in the winter for the first time. And I'd been to Europe before, but in the summer. And they don't have standard time like we have here. They're always on permanent daylight savings time. The the sun did not rise in Paris till almost 9 o'clock in the morning. And it went down at around 5. So I... You know, and they're they're further north. They're further closer to the North Pole than we are. Probably uh, you're losing about I don't know thirty minutes of, of daylight just in in the in the uh, the distance closer to the North Pole. But it didn't really seem to stop the Parisians from having lives. They were all out and about and doing their thing. Uh, I got up early. I, I got up before the sun one of the day, one day and went for a run, and uh, it was fine. A little scary running in the dark in a city you don't know, but uh, beyond that. I don't see the big deal. And if we do keep the clocks ahead and you're worried about kids getting on the bus in the morning in the dark, I got a great idea. Start school later, right? These two things go together. They go together. The school day, the school year, the daylight saving time, it is all remnants of our agrarian past. We're not a, you know, generally a farming nation and farming is not something that people do uh, in the same way they did it 150 years ago. Farmers, for the most part, and, and there are many exceptions, are, are, are businesses and it is a, a, a bigger business. The small family farm is unfortunately becoming a thing of the past. And, and I believe in the small family farm as I believe in the small business. But I talk to small family farmers and they're like, yeah, let's keep it on daylight savings time. I don't know. Maybe you're a small family farmer and you have a different opinion. Just write me and let me know. I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram. And uh, there's an email for me at ChristopherHahn.com. I want to hear. I mean, if you think that we should keep this the way it is, let me know. I, I think it's kind of ridiculous, though. But no more ridiculous than what Tucker Carlson's doing over on Fox News with the January 6th tapes. And that's really the focus of what Sarah and I talked about last week. So check out her interview and I'll be back to wrap up the show on the other side. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. 
Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Joining me now, one of my favorite people who I've never met personally, physically. I mean, I've met you on social media and TV and radio, but never in person. Sarah Burris. Sarah Burris is here from Raw Story. She's the chief cook and bottle washer over at Raw Story, senior editor, producer, writer, extraordinaire. Sarah, how you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing great, and there's nobody better to have on when there's a big media story than you, because you've been covering the media your, you know, most of your career, I would say, right? And and I, so long. I have this theory, and it's a conspiracy theory, but it's a theory, and I think it's a good one. I believe that Kevin McCarthy gave Tucker Carlson these tapes because Tucker Carlson helped Kevin McCarthy become Speaker of the House. Whether it's by offering Matt Gates appearances on the Tucker Carlson show, which have actually happened since uh, Kevin McCarthy's been speaker, or something else, Kevin McCarthy got Tucker Carlson helped Kevin McCarthy get those last couple of votes, and in return, he gave Tucker Carlson these tapes. Why else would he give him these tapes? So my conspiracy theory is that this is actually a deal that McCarthy made with somebody else. Mm. Um. I think he made a deal with one of the other crazy right-wing members that he would hand over those tapes to, you know, somebody at Fox. Maybe, you know, Tucker was part of the deal, um, but exclusively somebody at Fox who, Mm. you know, turned this into what basically Fox has turned it into. Right. Which is a cluster. It is a complete cluster. And you know what I've noticed in all this? Because I've been tweeting quite a bit about this. There are a lot of 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 verified bots on Twitter now, like people with four followers who have a blue check mark. It's disgusting. (laughs) You know, it's not surprising to me. I feel like that has sort of been consistent across a lot of the weird stories that have come out like this, though. I I never noticed it before. I mean, I've never been targeted like I am on this because, I mean, look, I... You know that one of my favorite clips that I like to post all the time is the clip of me going off on Mercedes Schlapp and specifically going off about Tucker Carlson. And I replay it all the time. And whenever Tucker's in the news or one of the Schlapps is in the news, which the last couple of weeks has been a lot, <laughs> I bless their heart. I bless their heart. I I replay that tweet and I, or that clip and I put it in some new post and I put it out there and it gets like, you know, 250,000 views and I'm happy. It's a happy day for me because under new Twitter, I mean, 250,000 is like all I could hope for from a tweet. I used to get a million views on my tweets and I'm not getting that anymore. It's weird. Um, But I noticed this time 
I'm getting tons of responses from the right. And they are almost all verified, which is so weird. Well, there is kind of one of those things where um, anybody can be verified now if they pay for it. And so that, I think, has increased the number of people. If you notice the names with a whole bunch of numbers after them, yep. um, that is really the thing that I've noticed more often is that I'm getting a ton of response from those people. And um, some are verified, some are not. But almost exclusively, if they are verified, it's likely because they paid for it. Right. And, um, you know, but that is, I mean, in, in terms of like, if I put my social media hat on, it's really good for your engagement and, and, to, and to promote your stuff if you have more people screaming at you. Yeah, yeah. For your psyche. Not so much. Oh, I don't care if they scream. Look, I mean, I'm a liberal who's been on Fox News for, you know, 13 years. I'm not really on yeah. it anymore. But I, I've been on for 13 years. I'm, I'm used to people screaming at me on social media. It's, it's kind of, right. I kind of like it. I mean, I, you know, I, it's like, it, it might be, it might, it might be my new search word, right? But it, it's, it's a, it's, it's, I kind of like it. I kind of like being screamed at by these people. I, it, it means that I, I did something right, you know? You are something special. <laughs> Bless my heart. <laughs> so it's just a, it's just a, it's a weird, weird thing for me. But I, 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 I've never seen them so amped up. They're like, oh, Tucker won. He's got better ratings than everybody. I mean, he won. I mean, look, I, I think there's something wrong with Tucker. And uh, you and I are going to psychoanalyze him on the other side of this break because I'm running out of time in this segment. Uh, but, uh, I think there's a hole in that guy's heart. Um, and he needs, he has this, this unquenchable need to be loved by people who he hates. And I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Mm -hmm. We are talking about, uh, Kevin McCarthy and Tucker Carlson and these ridiculous edits to the January 6th tapes that got us all talking about. I mean, we, he did what he wanted, right? We're distracted from... Uh, the Fox files where Tucker Carlson says he hates Trump passionately. Um, Sarah, you grew up in rural Oklahoma, right? Yes. Do, do you, do you have friends that say they hate people passionately? Oh yes. You uh, do? I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I mean, not totally rural, but I'm like, what? 45, I was 45 minutes from the city. Um, 45, 45 minutes from Oklahoma City. Let's let's be clear. 45 right. minutes from New York City, you're still basically in the city. 45 well, minutes outside of fall. Oklahoma City, you're like, you know, the stars at night are big and bright. <laughs> so. um, uh, we also called San Francisco the city um, whenever I lived in California. But uh, so interestingly, um, Kevin McCarthy's um, or, or uh, Jim Jordan's weaponization committee is coming to my hometown about a mile away from where, from the house where, um, where I grew up on like 10 acres. Wow. And, um, and he, he's hosting this event at the, um, the Clydesdale barn, which does not sound as, as schleppy as you would think it is. Like this, these no, I mean, Clydesdales are beautiful horses. I mean, they got to have a nice barn. Yeah, I mean, like, the Clydesdales have little sweaters and little leg warmers they wear whenever it's snowing, and they want to, like, run around outside. Are these the actual Budweiser Clydesdales? No, these are the um, Bob Funk 
Clydesdales, which he just wanted to have for, um, you know, for Grins. Got it. Um, and uh, Bob Funk owns the Express Limousine Ranch. He's a huge, huge Republican donor. He actually used to go to church with my parents um, before he cheated on his wife and left her. Um, and now he just doesn't go to church anymore? Yeah, he really doesn't. Yeah, why, why, why? You know what? I got to respect him for that. (laughs) At least he's at least he's not pretending to be a holy guy now that he cheated on us. I hate the guy who cheats on his wife, skips church for a couple of weeks, and then starts going back to church with the girl he treated or the woman he cheated on his wife with. That I got to I got to put my foot down on that. Yeah, right. I mean, at least he. And then the the wife who actually I think was the one who legitimately had some faith moved away. There you go. Uh, I would do. But, um, yeah, so the, the Republicans are coming to my hometown and I'm actually in Oklahoma right now, um, for a lot of weird reasons, but, um, but yeah, so this has just been a very bizarre kind of week where we've had so much news and so much, um, craziness come out and it's complicated because my, I have an uncle who basically just sits there and watches Fox news all day. Yeah. And then my mom's best friend who is like my aunt. Um, I mean, talk about like basically there my entire childhood retired and has just gone full queue mm. and it just hurts so much. Yeah. And so stuff like this, like you, it, when I'm, I'm reading through this dominion lawsuit, right? Like all these exhibits, hundred and what, 50 something exhibits, Yeah. all of these emails, all of these text messages from the crazy things that these Fox people are saying, calling their viewers rubes. Um, you know, making fun of, of Donald Trump, saying how much they can't stand him and they hate him. And I, you know, I think about like, you know, my family was lied to these people yeah. that. And they were lied to and now they're being shown the truth and they still believe the lie. Exactly. Like these are people who hate me because of this lie. It's right. Very personal. Yeah. Um, And, and it's hard to sort of distinguish between that because, like, when I've been writing this stuff, I just, like, try and sort of put that away. But, like, when you stop at the end of the week, you're like, oh, man, these are my people. You know? Yeah, it's sad. I Look, I have family members who I adore who I don't even talk to anymore. And uh, I don't talk to them because they believe the lie. And they will be shown these Dominion lawsuit papers, discovery turned over by the Fox News Corporation, and they're not going to believe it. And Tucker is using this moment, taking these tapes and editing them in a most ridiculous way to get everybody talking about it and to distract from these files. And it's working. I mean, it is clearly working what, what, what he's doing because we're all talking about the tapes and not as many of us are talking about the Dominion lawsuit and they are clearly connected. They are connected. And, and frankly, like... What I've tried to do a little bit this week in a couple of stories is is try to sort of connect that because, I mean, really, the worst possible week that I think Tucker could have chosen to run this video um, would be the week that Dominion is releasing a ridiculous amount of information showing that the entire network is a lie. Yeah. And it just seems like that has dominated the news on every other channel other than Fox. Yep. Well, and so if, if they, if the Fox news watchers turn off for any reason, then they're going to get 
hit, smacked in the face with all of the, you know, Fox lying about you. Yeah. I don't know how they're missing it if they go online. I mean, and again, those, yeah. those that subscribe to my Twitter feed uh, are not missing it. They are definitely seeing it. Uh, and I'm getting a lot of, like I said, like we talked about in the last segment, I'm getting a lot of pushback, a lot of pushback. And I'm like, I, I don't understand why you're pushing back. The guy, this is his words, not mine. He lied to yeah. you. I mean, he was lying to you every night. And some people believe that lie and they went into that capital and there are people who are dead because of it. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, the sort it, of thing looking at the uh, the Dominion lawsuit, you kind of wonder like, okay, could Ashley Babbitt's family talks about, you know, kind of losing her. Yeah. Um, to these conspiracies and and so I wonder if that means that her family could sue Fox News. Um, well, you know, well, her, that they're responsible. Her family is so much down that rabbit hole themselves that they want to blame the cop and Democrats rather than people like Tucker who radicalized their daughter. I mean, she was radicalized by Tucker, by internet sites. It's crazy. Do they want to own the libs or do they want to make money? Or do they want justice, right? Do they want justice for their daughter? I mean, look, their daughter was grown. She knew what she was doing. Uh, you got to take some personal responsibility for your actions. And as I have said before, uh, Ashley Babbitt is is not a victim. She is, she was a terrorist. She was told to stop, and she didn't. Remember um, when re- Republicans used to press the idea of, of public uh, um, personal per- responsibility? Oh, it was their main thing. Personal responsibility, yeah. personal responsibility. But when Trump was president, you couldn't have personal responsibility because that guy was responsible for all sorts of problems and yeah. took no responsibility for any of it. And now their whole thing is, ah, just say we didn't do it. Say it didn't happen. Call it, you know, a lie. Uh, and, and, and January 6th was the inevitable result of that lie when it was pushed around an election. And you amped people up for years. You made them think that... Democrats like guy like Joe Biden were the devil. I mean, you know, we're we're demonic. We're going to destroy the country. Oh, and and then you tell them we stole the election from you. What do you think's going to happen? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's a it, somebody needs to be held responsible for this in a major way. And 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 you got a guy like Tucker Carlson being handed these tapes by a man who knows what happened on January sixth. Who yeah. spoke out, you know, perfectly, I think, against it right after the event. And he hands him these tapes because all he cares about is power. And it's sick. I love, um, I really did enjoy the Senate Republicans who've been willing to come forward. Um, Tom Tillis, like, really just. The, Tom Tillis was perfect. I mean, it was like. He was is, pissed. Yeah. He was pissed. Yeah. Um. Anytime you get a, a U.S. senator who's willing to curse on camera, you know that. I was like, wow, when I saw that. Even Grassley said the right thing. I mean, it was, it's, 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 it's bad. All right, Sarah, uh, it's sad, right, how many people are just lost. And even when they hear their heroes or see or read with their own eyes, they're heroes. Yeah. And it, I, it, does, I wonder- it doesn't change them, right? It's crazy. It does. And I wonder, um, I'm really hoping that these documents from Dominion will will change some. 
mm-hmm. of what's been going on. I don't know the extent to which you could really pull people that far away. Um, but there really was this backlash against Fox News after they called Arizona. Yeah. And people were so furious. And um, their sort of reluctance to talk to Trump after that. And, um, and what we've seen now, obviously, is that all of those hosts that were playing nice with Trump, it turns out, secretly hated him. Yeah. Um, so you kind of look at this stuff and you're like, this is really humiliating to Donald Trump. Very. And so I feel like the war between Fox and Donald Trump is really just going to get worse. And if that happens, I think it's going to start cutting into their viewership. They're going to turn over to Newsmax or, you know, whatever um, right wing streaming yeah. choice they can find. Um, I mean, what does Trump do with this? Like as he runs for president? Right. I mean, Fox News is still the biggest, you know, the biggest megaphone for conservative politicians. And they have clearly made their bed with Ron uh, DeSantis or Meatball Head or I don't know what we're calling the guy now. I like Meatball Head. I like calling him that. Oh, but I but the problem Ron. Meatball Ron. The problem is, Sarah, is I love meatballs. They are among my favorite food group. So I don't know that I want to call him a meatball because then if I'm enjoying a meatball sandwich or something, I got to think about that guy. I don't want to do that. Sorry. I don't know if you're a yeah. vegan or anything like that. I know you're you're more liberal than me and more progressive, but you're from Oklahoma. How could you be a vegan? You're yeah, prob- I just ate a filet. Yeah, you're yeah. probably going to go outside and kill a cow right now and then eat it, right? I mean, right. I, that, isn't that what you guys do out there? <laughs> Slaughter a cow in the front yard. Yeah, so. yeah. Don't you got like a cow hanging in your fridge? Uh, so it's... it's uh, we just slop it off with a big knife. I, I'm losing like half of my progressive audience right now. They're all like <laughs> tuning out. They're like, What? Uh, so it's funny though. Cause it's, I really don't eat beef outside of Oklahoma. I, I just have high standards and I want to know. <laughs> so my, my, my stepdad's dad has a cattle ranch and he only breeds. He doesn't, you know, slaughter. Um, so I'm kind of a snob about like, I want to know where my beef comes from. I want to know whose cows they are. <laughs> I know everything about them. Like when they were born, what their names were like, I'm so, a, I, I am a master griller. Uh, you know, I'm actually getting to the point where unless I'm going to a really high end steakhouse, I don't even want to order a steak anywhere. Cause I do it better myself at home. Uh, I've gotten, yeah. I've gotten so good at it. I mean, cause I, it's not because I, it's not because I'm a master chef or anything. I just love steak and I love cooking and I've just figured it out cause I've done it so much. I mean, I've, I've probably grilled, you know, 5,000 steaks in my lifetime at this point. And it's like, you know, I've, maybe not 5,000, 2,000. I've done two, I've done my time. Let's just put it that way. And uh, I know what I'm doing. And yeah. uh, so uh, back to Meatball Ron, though. I mean, they made their bed with Meatball Ron. And I i don't think Meatball Ron is getting the nomination if Trump goes the distance. I think Trump's going to be the nominee. There is no way in hell. I mean, what I have heard people say about Ron DeSantis, like it, just in the last couple of weeks, um, because he pulled out of CPAC, um, they've describing as ha- uh, having a glass jaw, yeah. Um, you know, just somebody who can't who can't respond when people shout at him. You know, negative things like he he went after Trump fans who yeah. were saying stuff to him. It's like, dude, you can't do that as a president. Those are your voters. Guy can't take you a punch. Can't take a punch. Yeah. Yeah. And. I mean, if he's never, ever, ever going to get anybody liberal and he's pretty much already alienated suburban women, 
you got to figure out how to pull people away. And I am just shocked as hell that the dude's even trying to run this time. Like I would have, he's so young. He could just be like, you know what, Donald, you do your thing. Yeah. I'm going to wait this one. Or he could have also said, you know what? There's a law here in Florida. I'm not going to break that law. Yeah. You go run and I'll, you know, I'll serve out my term in Florida and then, so and then, then he become a senator from Florida or whatever he wants to do. You know, the primary it's like there's Rick no way Scott. Trump is going to win. There's no way Trump's going to win again. No. Um, so he could just run again, you know, in a couple of years and he'll be fine. He'll be but, fine. But instead, he's going to ruin his life <laughs> and he's going to run against Trump and he's going to be meatball Ron. And uh, I'm going to have a really and, hard time when I go to little Vincent's. Because uh, I won't be able Trump to. is going to destroy him, and it's going <laughs> to yeah. be delicious. Yeah, it's going to be delicious. <laughs> See, this is why I have you on for this <laughs> this highbrow commentary. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> it's very witty. It's going to be delicious. <laughs> he's going to he's going to dunk him in some sauce, smothering him, smother him in cheese. It, it's it's it it it's amazing. But I I wonder though, like if I'm an executive at Fox News. I need Trump to come on in 2024. I need him on my air all the time. And does he? I don't know if you do or not. That's the thing is, can you basically get everybody but Trump and still keep your audience mm. if you're if you're not playing Trump's game? I think they're going to wind up. You can or not. I think they're going to wind up broadcasting his his uh, his rallies live. That's what I think they're going to wind up doing. Sarah Burris, so we're talking about this whole Trump-Fox feud, and it's clear, I mean, from these emails, I mean, Rupert Murdoch was merciless. He was like, I didn't trust that guy, uh, you know, in his, in his emails, and, and now we're, we're coming into an election season where it's clear to me, I mean, I, I mean, I, they, they could talk about Ron DeSantis all they want, and those fake polls are now gone, right? We're starting to see the real numbers, like, you know, used to get people saying, oh, yeah, Ron DeSantis, I'll give him a try. And now people are like, nah, Trump. Yeah. I mean, that has been the weirdest thing. Um, but yeah, there and even the the um, the CPAC poll the thing is about the CPAC poll, though, it was not as high as I feel like it should have been. Um, but all over CPAC, everybody was just like, yeah, Trump. Yeah, Trump. Yeah. Um, Did you go to CPAC? Oh, hell no. Oh, I thought you would cover it. I thought you'd go down there and see, see the I freaks. I have a guy for that. Oh, well, I forgot your management now. <laughs> no, I have a um, uh, my partner, right? At, my writing partner who basically chases down the conservatives because I can get Democrats to talk to me, but, you know, I'm a hack, right? Like, no Republicans they don't, talk do they, to me. Do they know you? They recognize you when they see you? I wonder because I've been to enough Republican conventions and my strategy, I swear to God, every time I go to a Republican convention is I just wear a red shirt the whole time. Yeah. And I become one of them. And I'm like, oh, you're so cute. Wear a red shirt and a straw hat and they won't know you're a liberal. But there hasn't been that much enough turnover. Like, right. In the um, and, you know, I feel like the second the thing about my writing partner is he does freelance for other people. And so he can just be like, yeah, I'm. You know, I'm writing something at Wired Magazine. I'm writing, I'm doing something for a local NPR. I'm doing, you know, like he can, he can right. get off some stuff and not say raw story, whereas I'm exclusive at raw story. Right, so right. They're going to look at me and hear a raw story and go, your nose is pierced. 
you know, you got a pink streak in your hair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's that pink streak, ma'am? Sorry. Yeah. looks like you've had an abortion. Um, <laughs> so sorry. I don't, that, that came out wrong. Don't cancel me, please. Uh, so it's, but it's, it's uh, and by the way, I was speaking as a joke, and I was also speaking as a conservative. That might say that I would never say that as a as a liberal man. Um, here's the thing that that I think it, it, about that straw poll at CPAC. There's always a contingency at CPAC that's a little bit crazy uh, outside of the mainstream of the even that conservative, the mainstream of conservatism, which is far to outside of the mainstream of the real world. And, and and there are some people that are like relics of CPAC, you know, relics of like, you know, the days when CPAC actually talked about conservative philosophy and they still show up to CPAC out of like habit. So that I would say is probably about 15, 20 percent of the people that go to the CPAC at this point. So I, I think 62 percent of the CPAC straw poll is actually pretty good. I think it's actually higher than he got like, you know, the first time he went there. So um that's a fair point. And I was thinking, you know, the, um, oh, the whole like Ron Paul contention. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is looking at that crowd, there were not a lot of people there. Even for Trump's speech, he he barely filled up the front section. Mm. Oh, so he didn't have a full room even for his speech. Oh, not even close. Wow. And I mean, it was already humiliating enough that Don Jr. didn't get any response or didn't have any people in his, you know, panel. But, I mean, for Donald Trump to only have half a room. Well, this is Matt Schlapp, right? People aren't coming because of Matt Schlapp at this point. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, it's but. it's a it's like, you know, when, when the head of CPAC is accused of groping a man. By the way, do you think that they would have filled the room if he would have groped the woman? I, I think if he would have groped the woman, nobody would have not come. I think he would have had it this, the same crowd he had last year. I think he would have too. I think it's the it's the dude, the fact that he did, grew up the dude, um, and the fact that it's not just you know some random dude that he groped. It's somebody who works in Republican politics, right. has a ridiculous amount of support from people on his campaign. Um, Tom Tillis came out behind him. Yeah, like a lot of people are coming to his aid, saying, "No, I believe him." Um, and he's got the receipts. Like I read that whole, um, the whole interview when the guy came out yep. uh, that talked about, like I recorded a video that night because I thought maybe there needed to be a record of it. I called a friend of mine um, and talked to him and his wife and they went on the record with the Washington post about it. And, you know, talking about his state of mind and right. how frazzled he was. And I mean, like it, there is just a lot of information there are um there's a chain of text messages with slap i mean it it is not good no i, just, I don't understand how they like i mean i guess the slap family you know grift is cpac right it's you know i, I call it, again that's like my my favorite clip that's pinned to my you know my my twitter feed where i call mercedes slap a grifter and she is and so is he they are grifters yeah. and they are liars and they needed it one more time. I guess they probably had the sponsorship money already in hand and they needed it one more time. But I, I don't know how CPAC keeps that guy around at this point. Yeah. I mean, they're going to get slapped. <laughs> they got slapped. Nobody showed up. Yeah. Fox Nation didn't show up. Right. Other conservative media outlets didn't show up this year. 
Like there was no big media sponsor of CPAC. It wasn't covered live anywhere, even Trump's speech. Yeah, exactly. So the, um, I think last year it was $250,000 that Fox gave to sponsor it. And then they were running all the, all the videos. So none of that came this year. And none of it. That's just, that's embarrassing. Yeah, it's embarrassing. I mean, what happens to CPAC now? Does it collapse completely or do they just bring in a new match lap? God, you know, I don't know. I, I think they have to try and bring in a new slap. Um, like does Mercedes slap? Does she just get rid of match lap and does she take on the grift on her own? Maybe, you know, but I mean, I, I mean, he's got a lot of slappiness all over him now. It is kind of funny because the last executive director of CPAC was a woman before Matt Schlapp. I can't remember her name, but they got rid of Clearly her. Clearly very memorable. They, they, they got rid of her because she supported gay Republicans. Ah. She was, you know, look, I mean, you know, I'm a conservative. I believe in less government and, you know, Probably she probably didn't believe in choice. Or maybe she did believe in choice, but they got rid of her because of social issues. And it, it, one of them was gay. I used to have her on my show. I used to have her on my radio show. Um, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on her name right now. She was a fantastic guest. Um, and and they got rid of her. She was the one before Match Lap. Match Lap hasn't always been called the CEO. It used to be called the executive director, and they changed it to CEO. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting uh, to see. We'll see what what CPAC becomes, but I think that the crowd size was like, do we really need to do this again? And are we going to do it with this guy? And they did like four CPACs last year. Yeah, they did a bunch of regional ones that had to have made a lot of money. And they did one in Hungary. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I'm like, and I, I think uh, wasn't uh, wasn't Orban like. A good a speaker, and they were coordinating with all of his people too. Oh, you know who else they were coordinating with? So gross. Tucker Carlson and Orban. Yep, it was a whole thing with Tucker Carlson. And you know, look, I, I I I used to feel bad about this because I knew Matt Schlapp and I knew Mercedes Schlapp, and I worked with them at Fox for years, and I always thought they were pleasant people. And you know, in 2016, before Trump got the nomination, Matt Schlapp was one of the most outspoken people against him. And then he got the nomination. Then he got the nomination, and Matt Schlapps did, did a one eighty. I asked him. I asked him about it, and he said, "I'm going with the winner. I want to win. I want power." People, people say the same thing about Tucker Carlson, right? Like, um, I so the first time I met Tucker Carlson was at the Republican convention in '08. It was the era of Sarah Palin. Um, he was actually at the unconvention that Ron Paul did, which he had a ton of young voter support. So I was at the unconvention covering a bunch of that. And I had a conversation with Tucker on camera where I was like, look, talk to me about, you know, how is this old man bringing in so many young people and mm. really nuanced, you know, thoughtful policy things to say about it. And even this week, um, uh, um, Rick Wilson was saying, you know, it's interesting cause I knew Tucker Carlson, you know, forever ago, back yeah. before he was just starting the daily caller and Tucker's just nihilist. Yeah. He really, just in it for the cash and the problem was that he, he, Sarah he doesn't need the cash centrism. he doesn't need the cash. need the cash and centrism is not the way to get it like you're never going to make no. money 
Sarah, of the middle Sarah, ground. Sarah, he is the heir to the Swanson TV dinner fortune. He does <laughs> not. He does not need the money. He needs the love. And I, I yeah. spent forty five minutes of the show tonight talking about how I used to know Tucker Carlson. I used, to, I did his show a hundred times, and that's not even an exaggeration. I did it for a hundred weeks, and the show he has now. And I used to see him in green rooms when he was like wandering the wilderness of TV after he lost Crossfire. And I always liked him. Always thought he was one of the normal guys I met at Fox until he got his own show. Yeah. And then he just like lost it into a nutter. He just said, I'm going to stay on TV now forever. I'm not going to let what happened to me on CNN happen to me here at Fox and if I have to lie to my audience and if I have to take the extremes, I'm going to do it. That's who he is because he's got a hole in his soul that he needs people to admire him. And I don't know what that's about. It's not about money, though, because the guy's got billions. Sarah Burris, you got billions, billions of people who love you. And I am one of them. Aww. And I appreciate you coming on the show. It's always always goes by too fast. Follow Sarah Burris on Twitter. And of course, read her in Raw Story. Sarah, love you. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a, like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. All right, that was Sarah Burris. Hope you enjoyed her. Uh, she's a regular here. I have her on all the time. It's not really an interview as much as it is a conversation about what's going on in the world. So love having Sarah on. And just before I go, Silicon Valley Bank failed. And Meatball Ron, and I'm going to call him Meatball Ron until Trump comes up with another nickname because he does look like a meatball. I don't want to be mean, and I'm trying not to be mean. I, like I said, it's chaos, be kind. I'm not trying to be mean. But only a guy who's a meatball would blame uh, a bank failure on their diversity, equity, and inclusion programs that they had. You know, you know, they, they were so woke that they had uh, 12 members of their board, of their 12-member board, all white men. They were so woke at uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, it was the wokeness that led to the bank failure. I mean, America, wokeness is not the biggest problem we have. And Meatball Ron is driving me a little crazy. I want to point out, I went to a very nice restaurant on Friday night. And I got an appetizer, a meatball appetizer, a nice combination of uh, pork, beef, and veal. A fantastic meatball, I might add. 
uh, that came with a, a nice side of regalt. It's it's so good when they put the regalt, the cold regalt, next to the hot meatball and the marinara sauce. It's just delightful. But of course, as I dug into that beautiful meatball, I can only think of Ron DeSantis. Now, is this another reason for me to not like Donald Trump? Or is, is this just me being obsessed with the way the media has just fallen in love with Ron DeSantis. Now, I, look, I, I don't think Ron DeSantis has pulled anything off. I and mean, Ron DeSantis won a state, and he barely won Florida, a state that hadn't gone for a Democrat uh, for governor, I don't think, in the 2000s. A state that has a very gerrymandered legislature, so he's getting everything done he wants in his gerrymandered legislature, which he made even more gerrymandered. It's more ridiculous the way it's carved up. And, you know, I, I find it, disturbing that the media, and I'm not just talking about Fox, I'm talking about CNN and MSNBC and everybody else. They're holding this guy up as he's the second coming. Meanwhile, you know, Gretchen Whitmer over in Michigan, she took a red state and and let's be clear, Michigan was a red state, had a disgustingly conservative governor, uh, had a Republican state legislature, and she turned that state blue. She controls all three branches of government in Michigan. Michigan was a state that was not trending blue. It was trending red. Florida was a state that was purple that has been trending red for the last couple of years. Now, do we hear a lot about Gretchen Whitmer and all the good work she's been doing in the state of Michigan? Uh, We keep hearing that Democrats have no bench. Uh, I beg to differ. I think Gretchen Whitmer is a star hitter sitting on the bench right now who, when and if she decides to run for national office, will be a great success. And by the way, there are others who do that. And and, I, and here's the thing uh, with Gretchen Whitmer. She's not going to blame some fake social war on a real problem, right? If there's a real problem like banks failing, banks failing because part of the regulations that came into place under Dodd-Frank at the height of the financial crisis were rolled back by the Republican Congress and Donald Trump in the first two years of the Trump administration, allowing these regional banks to grow excessively. No, no, I think that's probably more of the cause. I think cryptocurrency and the investment and maybe having your bank not be diversified enough and having it mostly in the tech sector, you want to talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, they, you know, they needed to use some of those programs on their investment portfolio and find something other than cryptocurrencies and dot-com startups to invest in, and maybe they wouldn't have failed. But I don't think Gretchen Whitmer is going to blame a real crisis on something that's a fake crisis. So when the media is out there covering the meatball uh, and, and what he has to say about what is going on in the world, please tell me. Why you're not covering Gretchen Whitmer? Why you're not covering somebody like Josh Shapiro, who uh, also turned his gerrymandered legislature blue? I, I'd like to know, you know, why Ron's getting all the press. And by the way, here's a little note, a little free advice for Donald Trump before I go. Don, Ron DeSantis can't run for president unless his legislature passes a piece of legislation allowing the Florida governor to run for another office while continuing to serve for as governor. I, I guess he could run. He'd just have to resign. If I'm Donald Trump, I call my allies in the Florida state legislature, and he's got many, and I tell them not to pass that bill. 
Uh, just a thought, a little free advice, a little free political strategy for the Donald. I know he listens to my program intently. So, I mean, you know, I've been on a few campaigns. I think it's a pretty good strategy. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram. And I want to remind you now, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there. And I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a... Like a good neighbor? Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor? State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.